Stories to Dismember is a podcast where hosts Aaron, Lindsay, and Miguel, that's me by the way, recap the horror film pick of the week based on a monthly theme. Sometimes they go on tangents, a lot. Often they'll crack jokes, a lot. But they always return to dismember the film, eventually. Scene by scene until leaving you with their final reviews. Don't forget to leave a review of the podcast, five stars, wink wink, and subscribe to the podcast to show your support. Now, come with us on a journey through horror and critique. This week, we are continuing our movies with a music theme, right? Yeah, so, not to be okay. confused mm. with musical. Yeah, no yeah. musicals, but movies. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sit around music or a band or so forth. And forgive me if I sound a little tired. I stayed up too late last night. No hungover. <laughs> Party animal. Party animal. I'm a grandpa. I don't want to be doing that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> it was it was 11 o'clock and i was like i need to finish this movie but i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> that's about time i started watching it you're a wild one this week we are doing green room which was miguel's pick yeah it it's a very good movie so why did like, you, why oh, you already answered it i guess <laughs> i was gonna say why did you pick it yeah why not because why not? It's pretty good. IMDb says this movie was out in 2015, but my Mac streaming service said 2016. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that discrepancy like a few times. What does that mean? I don't know. Miguel? With different movies. Maybe officially released in 2016, but oh, it was like, like a around, private like, screening. You know, playing. Before? Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, let's go with that. Probably. That's okay. why. Why not? Well, maybe released in the U.S. One of those. Why not? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those. Whatever. You can find it online, though. And this was an A24 production, huh? Yeah. I was excited by that. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's nice like, to oh, be. It's it nice to be excited by. A production company like just see who made it and immediately get excited about it like that's just me anyway like i haven't seen mm-hmm. an a24 film that i disliked we're gonna do have to do a a24 month and a bloom house month yeah that, that'd be nice actually yeah a24 bunch of fucking <laughs> nerds yeah they're pretty big now all right all right so i would give you a synopsis of this movie but it pretty much gives away the whole movie so how about we just jump into it in Miguel's first yeah. this week? Yeah, this first little part here. All right, opens with a twenty four logo, which and like like you said, I, I I forgot it was an a twenty four movie, which makes sense though. It it definitely feels like it. So it opens with people sleeping in band RV van. I don't know what you'd call it. I want to call it an RV because it's. I don't know. That's funner. <laughs> Apparently, the driver fell asleep, so they kind of crashed into the cornfield. And you can see like funny. a path behind them from where they plowed through. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty Looney Tunish. So it's I funny. really thought it was going to be like a more elaborate thing than that. Like, I mean, 
somebody drugged them and or there was something supernatural going on making them no, go, no they just drunkenly or no. or they fell asleep at the will yeah no, just sleep yeah that's happened before it's pretty to scary you? yeah oh my god it's pretty lucky no car is on the road too so that's fun but you know he did that he left the car running because he was asleep as you do so no more gas, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> I like how they're just really angry at him. They're not even... And then Sam. Sam is like the only girl in the band because this appears to yeah, be yeah. like band members in their van. Sam is played by Alia Shawkat, who was maybe from Arrested Development. Uh, I've never watched Arrested Development, so that's fine. I don't either. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. What the heck, yeah. guys? There's also Pat, played by Anton Yelchin. Uh, rest in peace, because he passed away, like, close around the time of this filming. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Tiger, played by Callum Turner, and Joe Cole plays Reese. Yes. Uh, I only you know Pat and Sam. Those those two characters. <laughs> You uh, picked a movie so, yeah. with a uh, ton of names in it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and I only know two of them, so we're gonna do it. everybody else is okay. one of the band members. I'll pitch in. So two, uh, yeah. If I know them. So who is it? Sam and Pat go to the local. Uh, so Sam finds mm -hmm. a local skate rink. It's the only thing close, and Pat and Sam go and siphon gas from one of the cars there. And they don't get caught, I guess, because we just cut to them, you know, moving the RV. So they did it. Yay. That's nice. That's cool. Uh, so they get it running. And we get some slow-mo shots with ominous music and overhead shot. And then they stop and Very, talk. very pretty. Yeah, yeah. A24 makes gorgeous films. If we did yeah. like an artsy-themed month, it would like all be A24 films, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> you're so enthusiastic <laughs> yeah I am it's just a, it's a, whatever it's fine Ooh, we could do a midsummer <gasps> oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah. okay my co-worker was telling me that we need to do midsummer that was her suggestion yeah, to yeah. us we could do so if we do it it'll be for her hereditary the witch eggs the vivich it's too vivid. It looks like I don't know. It's fun. Ooh, a ghost story. That was pretty good. All right, sorry. Back to the movie. So yeah, a bunch of slow mo and good shots, and then they come up to a Mohawk guy whose name was Tad or something. I don't mm -hmm. remember. Yeah, yeah, it was Tad. He's very identifiable because of his Mohawk. It's pretty good. And he, they say something. I can't really catch it. I try to use subtitles, but I don't understand it. I don't know. Basically, but I pretty much got... crash at his place. Hmm? Yeah. 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 That's the gist. Yeah, I thought. I thought at this point they were already getting to the concert thing. I was like, oh, that was pretty quick. All right. <laughs> I was like, oh, that went pretty fast. All right. No, we still got. We still got some time to go before they perform. So yeah, they sit up at his place. They pretty much get drunk and play music. Alrighty. I'm too sleepy for that lifestyle. 
I love sleeping. I wish I could sleep more. I wish that's all yeah. I had to do. <laughs> yeah. I like Cat here. He was the first one to go to sleep, right? I think. Or was it another character? Who was the character? They get? That's a funny joke they do. He's like, you're the first one to fall asleep. And then he has drawings all over his face. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was Pat because he woke up the next morning trying to scrub the Sharpie oh. off his face. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing. Bunch of, bunch of nerds. Yeah. I love watching a movie and then like going over our notes and only then realizing when something was intentional or potentially pops up later. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun. So yeah, he Mohawk guy comes back, Tad, and that happens. So they talk. Who is named Tad, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. What is Tad short for? Tadrick. Tadwick. Tadwick. <laughs> I don't know. Tattery. Taddington. Taddington. Yeah. That sounds real. (laughs) (laughs) That's my headcanon now. Like Paddington, the bear. Yeah, exactly. So they talk about the band's plan. I didn't realize Tad was interviewing them until way later. (laughs) Until he stops the interview. So it's like, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. I thought it was just their friend or something. No, they they talk about the band's plan. The band's name is the the boy. Ain't Rights. The Ain't Rights. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Ain't Rights. Which is such a all right, dude. It's whatever. <laughs> Punk man. Miguel's not impressed. It's <laughs> so like okay. <laughs> what what should they have named their band? What would be a good punk name? Generic punk band. That would be their yeah. The generics. I'd, I'd call my band that. The generics. It shows what it is, straight up. <laughs> no flim flam. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be cool. The wannabes. That would... that'd be, that'd be, that'd be, yeah, a band name like that. I'd be like, yep. So yeah, they talk about the band's plan. And they get very pretentious about no social media. And they get pretentious about music. And then they say they're Desert Island Band. And yeah whatever i like that moment though because it it does come up later um one of his interview questions which is like a fun question he asks all of his interviewees what their desert island band would be and i didn't note what their answers were but they were being cute one one person like was going back and forth i can't remember who and they finally decided the misfits yeah Somebody else was joking that the other one had Britney Spears as theirs. <laughs> They're just being goofballs. Misfits. Crow Mags. Who else? Oh, Black Sabbath. But then he was like, can I have Ozzy and Dio? <laughs> like one person gives like a legit answer. Another one is like going back and forth, like taking it very seriously. Uh, I forget the locations they say. In the song, uh, I forget where this movie takes place. It's definitely on the West Coast because I think later they talk to him and they talk about driving up to Oregon or something. Yeah, they mentioned Portland or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He got his show permit pulled. Uh, pulled. I forgot how. <laughs> Is it what happened? Oh, yeah. Because there was vomit in fecal matter. Oh, the last show. Yeah. So his 
his his job is basically to like find what do you call that Aaron? What is that when you have to find the talent to play? Promoter. So he seems to be a promoter. Yeah. And yeah, so as he he got his stuff pulled so he but he got a backup lined up and it's pretty much a a, a well nobody on the bill. But <laughs> except <it's>, them. Yeah. <laughs> At lunch and they're like lunch they're time. like steadily they're like pissed off a little bit because yeah. they're like um it's gonna be a different venue and i think he also says they're getting paid less than initially planned yeah oh but they're gonna be the only ones playing yeah and it's pretty much at a <laughs> diner <laughs> it's like yeah. a wendy's or something bullshit with people trying to eat <laughs> Not <laughs> it's not like an appropriate place for yeah. the kind of like punk that they play <laughs> but uh yeah and i got pretty much six bucks each after that that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah and tad even gave him his cut yeah yeah wow <laughs> thanks yeah, and then they so yeah they get they get pissed off and he promised them promises them a real gig with his cousin yeah 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 and he just straight up says yeah it's like a it's boots and laces which means skinheads and then when they're like oh yeah skins i guess there's one at every show it's like i just don't talk politics (laughs) i like how he says that he's like i just don't talk Mm -hmm. politics and play your earlier stuff your heavier stuff so so yeah so then they're driving to the next show which is gonna be full of nazi which is fun. but it seems worth but, it because yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah. get three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth it for the money. So fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, I just like <laughs> don't talk politics. It's like okay, <laughs> alrighty then. So they're driving to the next show, and we get more slow mo. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. also asks if he can still run his interview. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They say yes, and. They ask what station it'll be on so they can listen later. Oh, and they do see his um his flyer, yeah. uh, which he hand drew. It's pretty they cool. They say at least the dude can draw. Yeah, it was a it was a good drawing. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Very punk. Yeah. You ever done a band flyer? I want to. I say that like very angrily as if I've been rejected, but I've never tried applying to do that. Yeah. Hey, if you're a band and you're listening to this, <laughs> I want to draw your flyer. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. T-shirt designs. I yeah. drew the the logo of our podcast, so there you go. That's my resume. Please reach yeah. out to me. There you go. Yeah. A- anyway. <laughs> yeah, so we're driving to the next show and a slow-mo bonding moment around fire and still driving another overhead shot and then still driving and then they arrive and they s- still driving no they, <laughs> they park uh and they, yeah and then they get uh, yeah they talk oh this is when cousin dan approaches right yeah he played steven stills and scott pilgrim yes <laughs> oh, I forget what that character is. Steven Stills. Yeah, he's one of the band members. Oh, is, okay. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Alrighty. Oh, we got Evan Weiss, Steven, uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim, and so long. It's crazy. 
Uh, I love that movie, though. Yeah. So, yeah, they pretty much get there, and then they set up for the show. And then sound check in 15, and you're on in 20. And the owner... That's like, that feels <laughs> like not a lot of time. Yeah. And the owner is really serious about the fire coat, so no huddling in the halls. I like that. <laughs> I like it's this like rundown place. So he's like, still care about the fire code. Mm-hmm. He set up for the show. So we're in the green room. Yeah. The title of the movie. Get it? Green room. The green room. They're in the green room. And one of them says, hey, I got it. Oh, Pat says, hey, I got a dumb idea. I, I remember this part. <laughs> this part I remember because I was like, oh, I actually like the song here. So yeah, they cut to them on stage, ready to perform. And what are they gonna do? What's the dumb idea? And they, they, <laughs> I like Sam. I like Pat is like, are we really gonna do this? And Sam's like, hey, it was your idea. If you don't do it, I'm gonna tell him you're Jewish. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that was pretty funny actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Serious, but I was like, that's pretty funny. And they start singing, Nazi punks fuck off, which is uh, I actually like the song. <laughs> yeah. Nazi punks, Nazi punks, Nazi punks, fuck off. Yeah, and they got something beer, like that. Yeah, beer yeah. bottles thrown at them. Saturn, is, yeah, Saturn shit. Which is yes, the song you know, was a banger though. It was good. Yeah, it was good so, just in general. <laughs> and then Pat sees some weird behavior in the audience, it's like two women being led somewhere, many being exchanged. And what's, what's happening here? Oh, I didn't even see that. I just yeah. saw the the moshing. No, yeah. yeah, I didn't see that either. Jeez. No, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, he sees he sees that in the audience. There's a woman being let off, which is gonna what it be, mean? We're gonna figure it out in like two seconds. Uh, the song ends, and he's like, "Oh, yes, thank you. That was a cover." It's pretty fun. <laughs> and then they play a next song. <laughs> so yeah, they play the next song, and then the audience is really they like it. it. They like it. And then we get some slow mo playing mosh pit stuff. Again, some slow mo. That looks of like hell. Yeah. <laughs> that does yeah. not look fun to me. Yeah. Moshing? Yes. Do you like moshing, Garen? Uh, it's all right. I used to do it on younger. Yeah, I Pretty could tell. First started. I knew. <laughs> I'm, I'm an OG mosher. You're an OG mosher. I've been mm-hmm. in some pits. I've seen a guy get knocked out a couple yeah. times. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> Standing right in front of me, this there was a kid. He kept jumping up and doing like spinning back kicks or some shit. <laughs> and some dude was walking by, and that kid jumped oh up my and God. knocked him out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the kid what felt the the hell? kid felt bad, but still, <laughs> he should have felt bad. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, we get slow mo of that pretty much, <laughs> but not no kicking or people being knocked out. <laughs> They're pretty actually pretty chill with the moshing in this movie, just pretty much stationary, pretty much <laughs> chill moshing. <It's> chill moshing. <laughs> At least it looked like it in slow mo. So yeah, they get paid for the gig. Sam gets the money. It's all about the money. money. Even though they're pretentious as well. <laughs> oh, hold on. Speaking of uh, washing, mm-hmm. 
it's not new, but have you guys heard of the, the Wall of Death? I think it's called. Man. What is that? It's where the crowd in the pit like splits in two halves. Mm-hmm. And the band's oh. playing, and all of a sudden they just all run towards each other and run into each other. I yeah. hate this. This sounds terrible. <laughs> I I don't actively seek out pain. I'm not mm-hmm. interested in that. I don't like I don't like sweaty people being brushed <laughs> against me. Yeah, yeah, especially strangers. Yeah, I would never be able to do that in like a huge crowd. I, but I like no, <laughs> I like seeing the videos of people moshing when there's only like six people or seven in the crowd. It's just, <laughs> they have a lot of space between them. Like, that's fun. That's cool. I like that. This is like not a judgment against people who like mm-hmm. moshing or walls of death. Yeah, I, I just so. don't understand. The concept is so alien to me. Yeah. <laughs> But but they get paid for the gig though, so that's pretty good. They actually get money for the. Tree <laughs> pretty. I was surprised. I was like, oh shit, they actually got money. Yeah, that's fun. But yeah, and then they're about to leave, and then Sam forgets her phone, like a dummy, in the green room, and then Pat goes to get it in the green room. Because you know you just assume it's gonna be easy to go get a phone, you know. Cause mm-hmm. it, but then he goes in. And sees a stabbed woman on the floor. <laughs> stabbed, like, in the head, which is crazy. Mm. Yeah, place to stab someone. Mm-hmm. With Cow Catcher, which we didn't say, but Cow Catcher was, like, the main event, main band performing there. So they, Like the, the headliner? headliner. Yeah, the head- so they, the, the band killed a woman there. That's insane. So he freaks out. He's going to take his phone, going to call 911, but everybody, you know, runs to rush him and then... And he gets his phone taken away, or Sam's phone taken away by one of the, I think his name is, what's the name of the guy? It's all like, Big stay Justin. calm. No, the other guy. It's like, stay calm, stay calm. Like uh, Gabe? Gabe, yeah, yeah, that's his name. He's like, all right, stay calm. And he goes to somewhere, gets something, and he comes back with a gun. He comes back with a gun, big gun. And tells the band to go into the green room. $350 is not worth all this shit. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. Yeah, he's like, get in the green room. And 911 calls back. And Gabe answers the call and then reports the stabbing. But, you know, it's probably going to, you know, we'll see where, where that goes. Tensions in the green room. It's very tense in the green room, I imagine, because there's a dead body in there with a knife sticking out of its head. So it's pretty awkward. So Gabe gives the gun to Justin and uh, talks with another employee guy and the other, I guess, the money guy or something. He said, pretty much we need to know. Darcy is the name of the owner of the place, and then Darcy is coming. So, you know, I don't think anybody's going anywhere. This is kind of inconsequential, but Mm -hmm. the guy that plays a big Justin played Mike Mitchell's character's brother in love. That was the the common link I found there. Uh, Because that's my favorite show. (laughs) But that's just that's just all I see now when I see that actor that. Plays um, this skinhead guy, Big Justin. 
for a second I was I thought he was the guy from Stranger Things, but no, he's not. He's just not. Inside the green room, Sam says, Oh, maybe the woman isn't dead. I mean, all right. <laughs> but Yeah. And everybody's like, okay. I mean, honestly, that'd be me too, because I would be like hoping against just like desperately hoping that somehow through freak accident she's still alive but she does point out that there's no like blood on the ground so then one of the cow catcher members takes the knife out of the woman's head and then a lot of blood comes out <laughs> he's like well there it is he's really rough with her too yeah i mean it's it's in there the knife is in there i mean to... he's the one that did that i think i mean we find out later yeah, yeah. but yeah, and outside we see that Gabe got two young skinheads to stab one one of each other. So that's gonna be the cover story. Just these two idiots stabbed each other. Good cover story. Good one. Good one. Good one. Crazy. Yeah, I mean you you need to show a stabbing somewhere. So it's like the end of Scream, except not as <laughs> dramatic. Oh <laughs> yeah. Why did they do that? I don't remember. For which one? In Scream. As a, as a the- cover story as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Survived the stabbing. Not that, as sensual that- either. <laughs> the kind of sensual. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they were twin brothers in this case, which is a different kind of, like, bond. Uh, so, yeah, they stabbed each other. Very chill, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> I don't think I'd be that chill if somebody stabbed me. I'd be like, okay. Alan- they were offered $600 to do that and then doubled if they take time. But he also takes the money, like he shells out the money to them, but then he, he takes, takes it back <laughs> saying he'll give it to them later. When he did that, I was like, they're never going to see that money. No. Yeah, they're never going to see that That was pretty funny, actually. So <laughs> dumb. Oh my God. I'm just going to say it. This is my hot take. Skinheads are just dumb. Yeah. They're hella dumb. Yeah. They can't even run a <laughs> music bar, right? Dumb. <laughs> they can't. Can't even stab each other and get paid for it. So dumb. It's not nice to call people dumb, but when the people are bad, it feels so good. It's so justified. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny calling. It's such a 1920s thing to call somebody dumb as your worst insult. Uh, You dummy. Like Three Stooges or something. You ignoramus. So yeah, that's their cover story. Police come. And then I think they're going to get arrested, I think. I mean, the the police officer is like, get on the ground on your knees. I don't know what else would happen there, but I think they got arrested pretty much. Yeah, even the dude who was stabbed. Yeah. Get down yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that. Well, while they're getting arrested, Darcy comes. Darcy, the governor, arrives. Played by Captain Picard. Yeah, Patrick. Jean Luc. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, it's such a. <laughs> it's so weird because his voice sounds so different from everybody else in the movie. Yeah. The, I feel like the, he tried a, a, a tiny bit, like the tiniest bit, but it's still very noticeably Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I mean, you can't really like do he, much with, you know. Like, yeah. Like, even when he's saying racial slurs, it's with Patrick Stewart's, like, 
very refined posh theater voice <laughs> yeah you can't i mean that's his you know that's how, that's how he sounds like he can't really do much <laughs> you know he does another accent it's still gonna sound i kind of like, like it though because it makes him seem more like a, a mastermind i guess yeah. i think it works i'm okay with it <laughs> so yeah it's patrick stewart it's crazy crazy he's this got is- glasses on yeah, yeah, like nobody. <laughs> I remember. I remember when this movie came out. Everybody was like, "Oh shit, that's a role you never thought Patrick Stewart would take." Mm. It's like that's pretty mm. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Gabe comes back, tells Calcatcher to clear out of the room, and this is pretty much where uh, one of the Calcatcher members stops and tells Patrick, "It's like, hey, what's the last second to last song you played? I don't remember the name. Some stupid." punk rock song name whatever toxic execution Uh, i thought it was toxic revolution exactly like i said (laughs) yeah something like that (laughs) some dumb (laughs) like i like punk music but like come on the titles can be pretty like all right and this is the brutal guy who like pulled yeah the 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 dead body uh, over with the knife still in her head and then yanked it out and he's like that's the one i did her too which pretty much means that's the one i killed her too it's pretty hardcore yeah. oh that's good to know that's good artist feedback that's pretty good <laughs> thank you for that that's a, thank you for that review I, of that song yeah. i was chilled by this scene though i was yeah. like what the fuck yeah yeah when put that on a, as a yelp review this guy's a bad guy I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it out there. He's bad. Yeah. He's not nice. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so things are pretty tense, I would say. Pretty awkward. I guess, so yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> <laughs> This is awkward. <laughs> this is pretty awkward. This is an oopsie. There's a there's a dead body on the ground. Ew. Yeah. It's yeah. a little awkward. Yeah. So yeah, band pretty much held hostage at this point. Uh, and we see Darcy and Gabe going through the band's RV van, whatever. Band van. Band van. Yeah, and he's like, who knows about this? And the only person knows is Tad. And he's like, yeah, that's not good. Even if one person yeah. knows, that's not good. You know? And then go through their messages. So, I mean, they said they didn't, don't do social media. So, mm. but I... I mean, they do. That's 2016. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> poser as poser. That, every, that's every interesting, though, posing. because like I, I didn't take note of them not being on social media, and I didn't catch that when they say that, but now it makes sense like why mm. they established that early on. Yeah, I mean... That's some clever script writing. Yeah, it's like, come on, bro. <laughs> You're never going to make money if you're actually going to try to be real as an artist you know what i mean <laughs> it's like there's only some you still gotta you gotta be commercial at some point you know you gotta you, promote yourself yeah you gotta you gotta do stuff you know what i mean or else keep getting six dollars a night yeah, at yeah. little hole in the wall restaurants yeah, yeah 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 pretty much yeah so that's that darcy is not happy about the situation he's like i mean if you think it from his point of view it's pretty it's pretty rough <laughs> somebody got killed 
and 911 got called, and then this band is here. We are pretty much going to snitch as soon as they're going to left out. So that's, that's a pretty tough situation as well. Still not, he's not a good guy, but still, you kind of see it from his point of view. It's like, yeah, that's not good. Gabe comes knocking at the door, or we get, you know, the band's like, we're not going to be held here. And then, you know, John points again at him with his bullets or cartridges or whatever, dumb <laughs> bullshit, whatever. I would hate that so much. Somebody's pointing a gun at me and then they fucking correct me about the proper gun terms or <laughs> whatever, dude, just shoot me at that point. <laughs> this is more torturous you corrected me than being shot at. <laughs> Because uh, yeah. it's not like uh, bullets he's loading into the gun, it's shells, and then yeah. the shell releases the bullet. Yeah, or whatever you... Right into your brain. Yeah, alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. What's this? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's alrighty, do I? What do you want me to respond? <laughs> if somebody told me that, I'd be like, okay. Right, you got a gun pointed at me. What do you want me to respond to that? It's like, nah, I just duck. It's like, okay, dude, pointing a gun at me with correcting me. Smart Alex. <laughs> he's he's kind of like, don't make me shoot you. But at the same time, it seems like he's itching to shoot them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Darcy at, uh, or Gabe at the door is pretty much like, don't shoot them. Put, put the gun down. Take the bullets out the gun. Bullets out the gun. Pull, get, take the bullets out the gun and give the them the gun pretty much or whatever. Pretty much trying to look like good guys in the situation and open the door. And But the band is smart. It's like, no, uh-uh, don't open the door. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Connect the dots. Where's the police? They keep asking for the police. Where's the police? Yeah, smart. Yeah, smart. Uh, yeah, and then they prevent John from opening the door. And they put some jujitsu on him. Man, oh yeah, well. that was that was Tiger. Yeah. That uh, wait, was it Tiger? No, it was, was Reese. Reese, yeah. Reese runs at him mm-hmm. and strangles him around the neck. Man, mm-hmm. Reese is such a—he's a badass here. Yeah, yeah. He puts, puts him, him in an arm bar. Arm bar. I knew you guys would be able to tell yeah. the very specific terminology. He there. was like. In the tournaments, you either <laughs> tap out or snap your elbow. Thank you for your service explaining this. <laughs> <laughs> he did the explaining. I'm just repeating it. That would be fair. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And then they, they put the bullets back in the gun. Sam does. And then she has a gun now with bullets in it or cartridges or whatever. Stuff that'll go through your brain matter. Darcy's like, oh fuck! I like, <laughs> I like how they try to put a good guy act first. And I was like, oh, I just come yeah. outside. But now they, now the band is inside with a incapacitated John and bullets and a gun, and yeah, that's not good for them. And did he already say the police came and they already left? Well, not to them. He's like the police and oh. here because if they say they leave, then that's gonna be even more. Simple. But yeah, at this point, the police probably left or something. Yeah. So, but I mean, the that would be leave. such a bullshit like yeah. response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get them back then, Jesus. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, so then Darcy and Gabe leave. And then, but Darcy, like, smush faces Gabe into the wall. <laughs> oh, damn, and Patrick Stewart getting physical. Is but... that the technical term? Uh, what else? That's what I call smush, <laughs> smush face. I, I legitimately was asking because I was like, is that like a wrestling term I haven't heard or is that just a Miguelism? Yeah, smushes. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's a t- you put your hand on somebody's face and push. I like them back it. I like it. Smush, Smush face. <laughs> yeah, and then back inside the room, they're like pointing gun at Jim <laughs> or John or something. What's his name? Big John. Jim. John. Oh, Big Justin. Justin. Damn, that was wrong. I think I've been calling him the wrong name this whole time. Yeah, yeah. I always want to call him Big John too. But yeah, Big Justin. It fits better, Big Too John. many yeah. syllables in yeah. Big Justin. Yeah. It's not as cool. I don't think. Yeah. It's like, it should be Big John or Big Jim, something like that. <laughs> Big Justin. Slim Jim. Yeah. Big John. And then they kind of are like, who's going to take the gun? And then he's like, oh, I just do take it, Sam, I guess, until I need to do it. And he gets him out the arm bar and pretty much lets him loose. But they have a gun on him, so. He's not going anywhere. And he pretty much says, yeah, but Justin's like, yeah, if I get out of here, I'm going to kill all of you, pretty much. So it's like, okay, whatever. Okay. So keep the gun pointed at him, pretty much. Yeah. But they can't really go anywhere. You know? Because if they do, everybody's going to come get <laughs> It's a fucked situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're inside the room with the gun, but they can't really do much about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut to Darcy, Gabe, and another guy, Money Guy. I don't know if they say his name or something. The other Clark. guy, Money Clark, okay. And they're like, they're going to call some people. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing, right? They're going to call people to come get them or something. Yeah, and they kind of insinuate um, it's yeah. going to be yeah. dogs where they talk. Right, yeah, because... Now before he was like, we have any no trespassing signs. He's like, we have a beware of dog sign. He says that's even better. So yeah, I think they're gonna yeah. get. That's fucked. Yeah, it's messed up. That's messed up. I can't handle. I can't. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the imagine being ripped apart by dogs. That's fucked up. I don't like that at all. Sick of. With a family boss. Foss. Foss. Huh? Foss, Foss. It's a German for attack. Oh, wow. What a bunch of nerds. <laughs> of course it Foss. would be. <laughs> it's got to be German. Yeah, of course. You got to do that. I mean, I know it's kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, but like when I had a German shepherd, I, I taught her some <laughs> commands in German just, just because I thought it was cool. It fits, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Who did you have her kill? Nobody. Hmm. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> if somebody got next to me and she didn't know, really know who they were, mm-hmm. she would jump in front of them and not let them get too close to me. Yeah, I think it's it's just built into their DNA because those are the same dogs that the police use. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can't really we can't really expect much if they end up like turning on us like 
We brought this upon ourselves. So, like, whenever we see attack dogs in this movie, I don't blame the attack dogs. Like, I don't get mad at the attack dogs. People did this to the dogs. They trained them this way. Yes. Still, dog bites hurt. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can take it over the, here. Miguel, if you want to. Oh, is it Aaron's turn? I think so. Yeah, which, but uh, I forget. When they're just making plans, talking and everything, trying to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, and yeah. as they're going over the plan, Gabe's making a list. And Darcy's like, I mean, checking it twice. Yeah, Darcy's like, how many people are on that damn list? Mm-hmm. 80. A lot. Yeah, there's like 80 people in the club, right? Yeah. yeah. So Darcy and Gabe go back in the club, and they're looking for Daniel. But he's stepped out, and they find him outside in his car that he was just starting for some reason. And Darcy tells him we need some of the squad, red laces only. So I guess that's their special skinhead group. And Darcy gives Daniel the list of everyone who knows what happened, including the band that's trapped inside. And he says no one else gets added to the list unless they are red laces. Hmm. Back in the green room, the band is removing the fluorescent lights, I guess trying to get it out, get out of the ceiling or find a way out of the ceiling. Mm. And Pat asks Amber if she has a phone, a girl that got trapped in there with him. And she says no. And then Pat searches the dead girl and he finds a note the words uh, Fleisch Wolf on it. And he's like, what does that mean? And Sam's like, it's German for meat salad or something like that. They find out the ceiling is solid and they can't get out. And Pat asks Big Justin to empty his pockets. And Big Justin pulls out his wallet and a box cutter and a phone. And Pat's like, is that a phone? And Big Justin breaks it in half. And then all of a sudden, the lights go out. They all freak out. They freak out. And Pat says, point the gun at the door. And Amber says, careful now. And she lights a cigarette. This is such a cool girl move, but I don't know if I like it or not. Like, I can't... I don't know if it's, like, cool or if it's, like, okay, okay. I see what you're doing. (laughs) Like, trying to be cool. So she lights a cigarette. And she gives it to Big Justin. Because also, Aaron, she's like, it's dark. Everybody's freaking out. And then a single light comes on and she's like, careful now. It's like the way she says it. It's like, okay. She's being creepy. This is how Miguel was acting with the band earlier. Like, okay, being pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, (laughs) all right, dude. I'm very on the fence about this character and her coolness. Because this is not the only time she does something or says something cool. Careful now careful now so she tells everybody up the cherry does something that you don't like shoot it and then she says uh let's get comfortable and sam goes pretty smart for a nazi and amber says i'm not a nazi and they're like well how'd you fall for this shit and amber says let's just say the people that were going to hurt me weren't white and she didn't really expand on that yeah what does that mean yeah i don't know 
they really didn't talk about it much anymore. The lights come back on, and Darcy's on the stage. He says they blew a main breaker. The generator's running. Uh, they're going to have to troubleshoot. They're closing down, and they'll try again on Sunday with no cover charge and free drinks from 2 to 4. And everybody's all happy about that. And then mm-hmm. this was kind of funny. And he goes, those of you attending the racial advocacy workshop on Wednesday, <laughs> assume it's still on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like these skinheads are having seminars and breakout sessions. Yeah. And- <laughs> I mean, if it hasn't already been established, this is a like club that caters specifically to like white supremacists. Yeah. And Darcy has to remember, this is a movement. Not a party. Which, like, also establishes that he is actively helping lead this kind of thing. Yeah. He's the big guy. Yeah. We see Daniel outside. He's talked to a group of skinheads that have red laces on their boots. And he asks them who hasn't smoked yet. And a couple of them say they haven't. So, um, okay. This is where my notes are a little off. <laughs> this is when the whiskey kicked yeah, in. Yeah, that's where he kicked in. I think he just takes them and they go off somewhere. They don't really show where the... I'll tell you what happens to them later because we see them later. Yeah, that's fine. So then we see Darcy and Gabe again. And they have little baggies marked with Grove Street on them. And they give it to the... What was the name of that band? Cow watchers. Oh. Cow catchers. Cow cow catchers. Yeah. And they give them drugs and tell them to go party on us and hold up for a couple of days. And Gabe's like, Grove Street. He's like, yeah, it's, you know, he marked it with somebody else's group in case so it won't go back to him if they get booked for possession. But he says it in other words. So you have to watch the movie and see what he said. Because he did say racial slurs. Yeah. Patrick Stewart, shame on you. <laughs> it was very jarring hearing him say this racial slur multiple times. Yeah. So now we see the red laces that aren't high, and they're moving the van towards the building, I guess, or back behind it. And then back inside the green room, we hear people moving the van's equipment. So I guess they're loading up the van, the van's van, the van's van, the van's van. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You sounded like a glitching robot for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so Darcy knocks on the green room and tells the band that they're loading him out. And the police have come and gone. It got a little complicated. But Darcy tells him, you are trapped. And that's not a threat. It's just a fact. And Pat tells him, we have a loaded gun. And Darcy says, we got plenty more guns on hand. We just want you out, not harmed. And he goes, that firearm is not registered. And he just wants it out before the authorities arrive. He apologizes that his associates panic. And Darcy doesn't care what they saw or tell people as long as they say they were held there for their own safety. And Pat wants to know if the police are coming back. And Darcy says again, they come and gone. He just wants the gun out of the picture. The man discusses trading the gun. For a phone, Darcy says no. 
Darcy's a really good that, manipulator. Yeah. I like the part two where he's like, my voice is going hoarse, so can I just talk and not scream through the door? <laughs> Darcy says things have gone south, and if you don't hand over that gun, things won't end well. And Darcy tells him, I like this part, for all I know, I come to my place of business and there's an out-of-town band locked mm. in a room with an unregistered firearm. Mm. Somebody's hurt and there's a hostage too. Mm. And he goes, and I'm in my rights to intervene. Should I kick down the door and start shooting? <sighs> this is the old classic rock into hard place situation. Mm-hmm. And he tells him, or can we just remove the gun from the equation? You have 30 seconds to answer. And Reese tells Justin to get on the floor, a big Justin, and he hands Sam the gun and <laughs> puts Justin's back in the arm bar. I like when Darcy asks if Justin's alive and well, and Justin's like, I'm alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's not happy. Pat says, okay, we'll hand over the gun, or we open fire. And Tiger says, we're fucking dead, guys. And Pat says, at least this way we find out if all we're doing is buying time. Mm. And Reese says, at this point, I just, I'm just fucking curious. Pat tells him, we'll give you the, the gun, but we're keeping the ammo. So as Pat is handing them the gun, Amber is below him looking through the vent in the door. Mm. And she notices a guy with red laces and they try to bust into the room and Pat starts screaming and Tiger starts stabbing somebody with a piece of metal from the lighting, fluorescent lighting rig. And Pat and Sam are trying to close the door. And they're and like, sli they're slicing at Pat's arm, which yeah. is fucked. It's all a big clusterfuck. It's a clusterfuck. Reese, Reese breaks big Justin's arm. And they finally pull Pat back in the room, and you see that his, his arm was cut in several places, is, and his hand awful. was almost cut off. Yeah, you, it's like hanging there. It's awful. He's crying. I feel so bad for him. It's awful. It's pale. Yeah. They get the door locked again, and Darcy tells them this will be over soon, gentlemen. Big Justin gets up and pushes Amber down, and Reese puts him in a chokehold. And he tells Amber, Reese to get the is box a badass. Cutter. He is. Sorry. <laughs> and he tells Amber to get the box cutter. And Reese says, Tell me when he's out. And Sam looks at Big Justin and says, He's out. And um, they're trying to calm down Pat. And then Justin comes to again, and Reese puts him back in the chokehold. Is that a rear naked chokehold? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, you can kill somebody with that pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> if the three That's of us crazy. were in this kind of situation, would one of you be able to put somebody in a chokehold and make them pass out? I'd be able to, but uh, can I rely on you guys? <laughs> Depends on if you're yeah. effective or not. I don't know if I could do Big Justin, but yeah. Yeah, somebody. Because there's a certain, yeah, a certain way to do the choke that m makes it work, but. Mm. You know, you'd have to do it very well done. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> if the guy you're doing it to has any knowledge as well, he knows how to not to get counter it. out. Mm. Yeah. Ouch. 
I'll just make sure I have a squirt gun full of hot sauce on hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, the only thing I know to do. It's the go-to. <laughs> I got. You see, you see Lindsay at a restaurant. Squirting it on oh, my don't food. Worry, I got some. <laughs> <laughs> Squirting it across the table on somebody's wings. I got you. Yeah, or like old school pocket sand, like in King of the Hills. <laughs> pocket sand. <laughs> so you got him in the chokehold, and Sam's like, How long does it take? And Amber says, Until you know for sure. And then Amber slices Big Justin's belly open with the box cutter. Damn. She is brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's justified, but brutal outside darcy is making plans and he says clark will handle it from here and he tells gabe to set neil up to fix the room i guess neil's like the general contractor or something because he tells him drywall pour a floor fix the door with a frame tell him we had a leak <laughs> and daniel wants to know what happened and darcy says the visiting band hurt one of ours Hmm. and Emily and Big Justin too. Inside the green room, the band is trying to break through the walls. Pat tells Reese he lost the gun. Reese says, you held on to it because when he stuck his hand out, Reese hmm. says, you held on to it longer than I would have. So it kind of pumps him up a little bit. Aww. They finally break through the floor into another room. It's like, Full of chemicals and there's stacks of money. Like it's, it's like a, a it's a lab. Yeah, it's like uh, what was that in Breaking Bad? Yeah, the lab man. But there's no way out. There's there's a like a chimney roof thing, but it's locked on the outside. And Tiger grabs a roll of duct tape, which is pretty smart. And Amber says something about heroin, which is kind of out there. Yeah, she. She basically says that, like, after they go down and explore, she says that all of this that's happening is not about her friend that died or them. It's about the lab, and they're trying to cover up, like, authorities finding out about this lab. Oh, okay. There you go. Because they're making heroin. It's about heroin. That's illegal. It's a big-ass bunker. And it also makes so much sense because, like, initially, before we discover the lab and Darcy, Patrick Stewart's character, when he comes up and he's trying to cover up all of this, it seems, like, very far-fetched that he would worry to this degree and try to cover up a murder because... And he talks about shelling out all of this money to cover it up, and it's like, it doesn't seem to make financial sense. Like, it doesn't equate... But then when you discover the heroin lab, then it's like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Pat says they can't take it so seriously. They need to treat it like paintball. He says they played paintball at a bachelor party, and they had to go against a group of ex-Marines, and they got torn to shreds. And Amber says, yeah, that's a pep talk, yeah. And Reese says, now... We won't all live, but I know that maybe we won't all die. Just kind of saying the same thing in reverse. Sam tries to get Pat a weapon. And he says, no, I'm just going to run because they want to make a run for it. 
And Sam says, all right, fuck it, Simon and Garfunkel. And everybody kind of <laughs> looks at her. And she's like, Desert Island Band. <laughs> and Reese says, Prince. And Tiger says, I'm still the Misfits. <laughs> and Amber says to herself, I don't even know how she's going on. I guess she said Desert Island. And Amber says to herself, Madonna and Slayer. Two opposite ends of the music <laughs> spectrum. Keeping it fresh. They open the door and no one's out there. And they're like, how many exits are there? And Amber says, the main one, the back one, and maybe the kitchen. Sam says they should split up. You should never split up. No, I know. As they walk through the club, they are attacked by dogs. And shows Reese escaping through a bit to the outside. And then he gets beat up by some guys in with red lace boots, the red lace guys. We cut back to Tiger, and he is having his throat eaten by a dog. Clark and Gabe are in the club, and Clark has the dog attack Amber. And Amber beats the dog off with a microphone stand. And Pat grabs the last band's set list. Sam finds Pat and Amber, and they go back into the green room. And Pat shows Sam they have a song called Flesh Wolf. And Amber says it means meat grinder. So that's mystery solved, I guess. Cool. That's a pretty cool name for a song, actually. Meat grinder. (laughs) Sounds like a cannibal corpse song or something. Clark has put his dogs up. And Darcy says, are you retiring him? And Clark says he's worked up. Um, Before that happens, do we already see them realizing what the mic feedback does? Yeah, well, the feedback was going on through all that. Oh, during all this, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that's when like Pat rolls up and realizes the feedback is disturbing the dog. So when he manipulates it, it makes the dog run away. And Darcy wants him to send in another, or send two to finish it. And Clark says, "If I send two fight dogs, what do you think they'll do?" Mm. Yeah, they'll fight each other. Mm-hmm. Daniel says, send me in there. I'll finish up. Just give me the rules. Clark says, blades only. Sloppy is fine. Try not to hit the bone. Take Jonathan. Mm -hmm. Brute squad. And keep the dog caged until we tag out. And I'm tagging out to Lindsay. Okay, good segue. (laughs) So we see the red laces go inside the venue and turn off the feedback from the mic because it's been going on this whole time and they're dragging tiger's body with them back in the green room amber says they're coming sam with fire extinguisher ready says she can't do this and she's like freaking out visibly afraid as they all hear banging against the door and then cousin dan daniel breaks through and he's sprayed by the fire extinguisher he demands to know where emily is and I hadn't caught this earlier in the film, but apparently she, the dead girl, was his girlfriend. And then he sees her body on the floor. He wants to know who did it. And Amber says, Worm did it. The big guy we saw before, the member of Calcatcher who bragged about killing her. And Amber continues telling him that Calcatcher was planning on leaving uh, this place 
and or this movement. Um, but what she didn't tell Worm was that she was planning to leave with not the band, but with Daniel, cousin Dan. And she explains to the other skinhead that Meat Grinder was their cue to leave. You know, the song. That was the cue for her to leave with Daniel. And in the parking lot, we see Darcy complaining about how long all of this is taking. And he asks one of the club employees, Gabe, why he didn't want Dan working the door duty. And Gabe says no concrete reason. He just had a feeling about him and Emily. I guess it was well-founded. And then Darcy remembers how he found Daniel in his car with the engine running. So he goes over to the car and opens the trunk. And lo and behold, he sees it's packed with all of his belongings, including a photo of him and Emily and a bat wrapped in plastic, which was evidence of a violent act that this supremacist group committed some time back. So it seems that Daniel was trying to sneak it out and maybe bring it to the police as evidence. But we switch to Pat, Sam, Amber, and Daniel all in the lab, and it seems that he knew that there was heroin being manufactured at the club, but didn't know where. Sam, meanwhile, finds an air duct that is wider than all of the rest, so maybe they can escape that way. Back outside, Darcy is arming his red-laced skinheads and gives them instruction to kill our heroes, but don't leave any trace evidence. And he asks the bartender of the group, what are we forgetting? Meanwhile, Dan is giving the group a route to go escape with, He's laying it out for them, and they ask how he thinks that they'll get out the door. And we see him grabbing shotgun shells and feeling under the bar top with his hands as he says, I know something you don't, presumably searching for the shotgun. And then bam, his head is shot through with the shotgun itself being held by the bartender who has just walked inside and got to the shotgun first. And they all freak out and start attacking him. Amber knocks the gun away with the mic stand. Sam sprays with her trusty fire extinguisher. That's her weapon of choice. <laughs> and Pat strikes him in the neck with a machete. Pat grabs the shotgun shells off the counter and stuffs them in his pocket. Amber asks if they should leave now, and the other two agree. And they open the door to the outside, and the white supremacist group starts firing. Amber gets shot in the leg. Darcy screams at them not to fire, not her. I don't know why, though. Stratton and I, and for the listener, Stratton is our editor and my husband. Stratton and I were speculating that later it would be revealed that she was his daughter or something, because it seemed kind of pointed that he was screaming for them to not fire at her but i don't think that was ever established but they stop firing but it doesn't matter because an attack dog has already made its way to sam and we see her fall out of view as it attacks her pat and amber retreat back inside amber is hobbling with her injured leg and laments that they're never getting out of here and the two get back into the green room the skinheads bolt the doors around the club. Pat duct taped the wound on Amber's leg just as he was duct taped before. 
and they bolt their door from the inside. Amber and Pat sit on the couch and they just they just chill there. And Amber says that she's lucky because at least they were going to shoot me. And I really don't know what that means unless it means that they could have done something worse to her. Case in point, we see Sam's lifeless body outside after being mauled by an attack dog. And Darcy feels pretty confident now. We see him and he says, three will do, one can disappear. As in, three of the band members have already died, so they can just make Pat disappear now. Back in the green room, Amber complains about being hungry. Cam says he doesn't want to die here, or he doesn't want to die with her. And then Amber asks about his pep talk that he didn't finish telling before. So back to the paintball story that he was talking about. He reiterates that the opposing team was made up of legit military vets with top-tier equipment. They knew real war and played real war. They wiped them all out. So his friend Rick said fuck it and didn't care about getting shot or taking cover. In the last match, after the whistle was blown, Rick ran out, running, laughing, and he just wipes out the whole team. Amber responds that that was pretend, and they are up against real stakes. But then Amber gets up and hobbles over to a sharpie, and she says, let's play pretend. In what looks like a trailer office, Darcy dismantles Sam's phone while Gabe looks on. Darcy presents him with red laces. And he basically says they need to look for a new house band because Calcatcher has some bad habits. They need to stop using bad dope. Although he actually says a racial slur here that I won't repeat. And also implies that earlier on, he gave Calcatcher some laced heroin or something. And it's worth noting that the heroin he gave them was stamped with some sort of symbol to implicate and frame a black dealer specifically. So, in case you don't already know, Darcy, played by Patrick Stewart, is just many layers of evil. Evil. He's so many layers of evil. Like, he takes evil very seriously. But he leaves Gabe alone, and Gabe doesn't look very happy. And we see a skinhead driving off with the Ain't Rights van. That's the that's our heroes, the band. Even though there's only one band member left at this point. And the owner of the attack dog tells a skinhead that, as a personal favor, if his dog dies in all of this, at least let him die with meat in his teeth. And he also tells him that the attack command is FOSS. He walks off and Darcy tells him to disregard all of that. He just wants these people dead. He doesn't care about police or forensics, so just do what you have to do. And we establish that there are three shots. So they have one for Amber and Pat. And then there's one extra. Two skinheads and an attack dog walk into a bar. And there's no punchline. <laughs> there's no punchline because... <laughs> is this a joke? <laughs> no, this is a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the mic feedback again. And it makes the attack dog go crazy. So the skinheads let go of him and he runs outside. Gabe joins them inside, and the skinheads yell at him to turn off the mic. He says it's not coming from the mixer, so he can't turn it off. The skinhead with the gun tells Gabe not to tell Darcy and the dog trainer guy about how things have gone to shit. The skinheads burst into the room, 
the green room and see the back of a skinhead yelling into the lab below, and they demand he turn around and ask who he is. And the mystery skinhead turns around and he says Odin himself. In reality, it's Pat with patches of Sharpie colored on his face like camo. Pat jumps down into the lab with a machete and yells and bangs on all of the tanks. And we see the skinhead with the pistol manage to turn off the mic feedback. We see Pat continuing his routine as he retreats further and further into the lab. The skinheads, in the meantime, have found the clippers and locks of Pat's hair, where Pat had just shaved his head, and they sort of deliberate what to do. The lead skinhead goes into the lab and asks the other to watch his back. Behind the lackey skinhead is Amber, who had hidden herself under the couch seats, and she sneaks up and slices his throat. She yells out to Pat that the remaining skinhead has three shots left. The skinhead below shoots at her but misses. We see Gabe, meanwhile, power washing a door, which is kind of funny because this doesn't seem to be the time to do some power cleaning. <laughs> but the power washer is loud, so that's potentially good for our heroes. That's how he de-stresses and cleans. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> some people do de-stress that way. Even villains. Ember sprays the fire extinguisher down into the lab and repeats to Pat that the skinhead has two shots left. The skinhead slowly approaches, shotgun pointed to where he thinks Pat is hiding, behind a thick plastic curtain. Pat strikes at him with the machete, but the curtain is in the way. The skinhead falls down and shoots at Pat, missing as Pat ducks behind around his hiding spot. One shot left, screams Amber. And we see someone, presumably Amber, try to jump down into the lab, and the skinhead shoots them in the leg. His last shot. The body and a pistol fall onto the floor, and the skinhead scrambles to the pistol, but it's empty. We see Amber standing above the hull. Zero, she taunts. And the body we see on the floor is Emily's. It's very clever, very clever tactic. Meanwhile, Pat emerges from his hiding spot and loads the abandoned shotgun with the shotgun shells he grabbed earlier, and he tries to fire at the skinhead, but the skinhead throws the pistol at him, making him miss, and they grapple on the floor, struggling for the shotgun, and the skinhead manages to load another shotgun shell in during all of this, but then down jumps Amber, and she picks up the pistol, loads it, and with one shot, through the neck, and then another through the head, she kills the skinhead. Got him, she says, and then Pat responds, totally flabbergasted, that motherfucker. That is my favorite <laughs> line in this whole movie. <laughs> that was so funny to me. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use that in my like daily vocabulary now. Yeah. I totally flabbergasted that motherfucker. <laughs> but Amber throws her shotgun through the hole in the floor, climbs up, and just as she and Pat both climb through, Gabe comes into the room. And whether it's because they have an advantage here or because there might have been some past history between Amber and Gabe, they ask Gabe, any more dogs? And is anyone else here? And he responds, no more dogs. And as for the people, not anymore. They're up the road. 
Gabe takes off his gloves, spits, and finally says, I don't want to go to jail. The three head outside, and Amber has the shotgun pointed at Gabe, and Pat has the pistol. And they don't know how to hotwire a car, but Gabe recommends that they stay off the road anyway. And we see a solitary attack dog walking down the road alone. The three of them walk into the thick woods that are nearby, and Gabe asks if they're going to shoot him. Amber asks where Worm is. That was the big guy, right? That killed Emily in the first place and bragged about it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Gabe says they sent him home. And they continue on and pause when they hear a distant shot and a dog barking. Amber says it's the residents, a.k.a. all of the skinheads. Pat asks what they are doing. Gabe says that they don't want to see. Amber says that they can call the cops when they get to the orchard. Pat asks Gabe if he saw them, his bent members, die. And he says he saw two, but not a third. And Pat says Amber should go with Gabe to the police, but Amber says Pat shouldn't go alone. She has seen how he handles a shotgun, and he also has a bad arm, so she's going with him. So Gabe goes off by himself. Meanwhile, Pat and Amber approach where they heard the noise before with their guns ready to where they find the Ain't Rights van parked with a few skinheads and an attack dog. They're in the act of staging the van. And then Pat sneaks up from the driver's side and points his pistol through the window where a skinhead is directly standing on the other side. You got the dog, he asks. Amber, who has walked around to the other side, has her shotgun aimed at the attack dog, and she says, I got the dog, and demands Clark, the dog owner, to tie it up. Pat has the skinhead hand his gun over and comes around the van, pistol steady on the skinhead. Amber and Pat, with their guns pointed, force Clark and the skinhead through a gate, and through the gate, as they walk, they see several bodies, including Tiger and Sam. Pat realizes that this is all being set up to make this whole bloodbath look like it's the Ain't Right's fault. And Amber adds that they're making it seem like the band was trespassing. So as they approach, they see Darcy raking gravel, presumably erasing footprints, and he stops when they get to him. Clark turns to Amber and says, listen, and she immediately shoots him dead. This really shakes up Pat. And he says he didn't know that they were going to do it like this. Amber says that's why they came up here. Darcy and the remaining skinhead, who is just like a little peon skinhead, are left. Pat thought that they were just going to erase the crime scene, and Amber says that they're here to make a new one. Amber, from the very beginning <laughs> of this, has just been like, kind of a badass, but kind of in a scary way. Like, she's... She's debilin'. For some reason, she's just like fully prepared to do anything. Slit a man's stomach. I mean, we see her cry every now and then as she does this stuff, but still, she's like, she's ready to go. That's not me. I would be crying without any of the other stuff. I don't know how to defend myself. <laughs> I'm just a squirt gun type of girl with hot sauce. That's all I am. Anyway. Pat says that this is a nightmare, and Darcy agrees. 
And Amber gets annoyed at that. And I don't blame her. That annoyed me too. Because it's like, you're the whole reason all of this is happening. He made this a nightmare. But whatever. Amber says, tell me those are his last fucking words. And I agree. And Pat points his gun at Darcy and asks if he has a phone. He shakes his head no and turns to walk away. The skinhead moves towards Pat and Amber at this point, and Amber shoots him dead. As Darcy walks away, he continues to walk away. Very strange to me, like facing away from them, especially as he pulls out his pistol, continuing to walk away, like facing away from them. And Pat fires at him multiple times. Darcy falls to his knees and turns and shoots, but he only manages to get the side of the van, whereas Pat lands a final shot in Darcy's head, killing him. Pat and Amber approach his body, and then we get some beautiful atmospheric shots around the forest as it gets lighter outside. We see uh, Gabe walking onward until he gets to a nearby orchard, where he calls out to the people and says that they need police. We get a shot of the cow catchers in an empty dark room, motionless, with like a needle sticking out of one of their arms, just completely zonked out. And we also see Tad, the mohawk guy from before, vacuuming his apartment as he listens to his interview with the Ain't Rights. And we get Pat and Amber sitting on the ground, staring into space. They're disassociating, apparently, which I don't blame them for. You need to do that to process your traumas. Anyway, they do this until the remaining attack dog, who has been walking along the road until now, approaches. Amber sort of slowly raises her gun at it, but the attack dog just walks by, not paying attention to them, and rests his head on Clark's dead body. And there's a beat of silence until Pat says, I know what it is. What what is, Amber asks. His Desert Island Band. But we don't catch what it is because Amber responds, tell someone who gives a shit, and then we get credits. And there you go. It's it's a lot to process. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Can Good you movie. imagine? Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> like That's we I like we just watched it. We as the viewers were just watching it. <laughs> And it's I like recommended in- just to see Patrick Stewart in a different type of role. Mm. Well, do you want to go ahead and give your uh, rating since Miguel picked this and we should save mm-hmm. best for last? The best for last. Yeah. Definitely. But before we do, this is where we should give our warning to people who might have skipped ahead to this point. We are about to give our ratings for this movie. There may be a few spoilers, but usually not much. So if you jump to this point, you will hear our ratings that are on a scale of 1 to 10. Usually say 0 to 10, but 1 to 10. And then you can see what we thought of the movie before you watch it. And then you can go watch the movie and re-listen to the podcast and relive it all over again. Yeah. Just in case you want to avoid spoilers. Yes. One of these days I might put my notes up on Facebook or something. Let people look at them. See if they can decipher them. (laughs) I still have my um, notebook. 
because for the first, I don't know, maybe six movies we watched, I was handwriting my notes in a composition notebook, which thinking back now is insane to me. <laughs> you were learning. My hand was cramping up. And it still took a movie, like, I mean, now when I take notes, it takes a movie, like, twice as long. Because I'm taking notes. Back then, when I was handwriting them, it took even longer. And I used to write full notes for entire movies. That is insane. Yeah. For the listener, if you don't know, when we do watch a movie, like Lindsay said, it takes me, probably, if it's an hour and a half movie, it probably takes me three hours to watch it. Yeah. Just so... You guys know we're putting in work. We do it for you. Yeah, not just zipping through the movie and saying, yeah, this one's a six. And there's no way I would be able to recall all of this without taking notes because my memory <laughs> is shit. We do this for That's you, listener. Yes, because we love you. We do. Miguel doesn't, but we do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you can buy Miguel with love, though. Miguel's life. Yeah. You yes, say. you can buy Miguel's mm. love with money. You can buy my work with money. That's money. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, just kidding. No. But yeah. So Aaron's going first, pretty much. Yeah. And then me and then Miguel. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about A twenty four movies because they do make really good movies. And we mentioned some of those during the podcast. If if you listen to that part i really like the way the movie was shot the coloring of the movie mm -hmm. was really kind of muted you know it wasn't like a bright happy looking movie yeah and seeing you know patrick stewart in the role they played was shocking i guess you can say you know because i've only known him has he played a villainous role before? I don't know. He, he may have. Might have to look that up. Yeah. But I know this is the only role I've seen him like that. I've only ever seen him in Star Trek and Excalibur. He was a knight in Excalibur. Oh my gosh, that's such a good movie. Excalibur? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a Stratton introduced me to that one. Top 25. That's really good. He was in some other villainous roles. I'm looking it up now. He played some other villains, but I think this is the only role I've seen him play a villain. So to me, it was also shocking. I mean, in he a was a Borg, so I guess that was a villain. Right? <laughs> you are Borg. <laughs> the acting in the movie was good. I mean, they left some things open that they really didn't explain. Or maybe they did, and I just didn't catch or it. Or maybe it was so cut then, from the movie. Yeah. Which isn't, like, very good editing if you do that, but... Stuff like that happens. It's almost like when you're working on something, or like you said, editing, to editing you might miss something because you're mm. so far into it, you're not... You know what I mean? You're not thinking so about all of the loose ends. Yeah. yeah. Like, I always find it funny when a character walks in a room wearing a coat, and then it shows cuts away and it cuts back to them and they don't have a coat on or something like that. <laughs> mm. So anyways, I will get to my rating. The movie was shot well. It was acted well. Amber, 
has gone on to be in a few different horror movies as well. I think she was just in Black Christmas, the remake. Oh, there was a remake? Yeah. Crazy. And listener, we did Black Christmas before. If you want to go back and listen to that, shout out. I will give this movie six and a half evil Captain Picard's out of ten. <laughs> you said six and a half? Six and a half. Almost okay. a seven. How's, how's Miguel say it? A week seven? Yeah. A week seven? <clears throat> week seven. Okay. Six six point seven five, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I had a vague idea of how I was going to rate this. Okay. I liked this movie pretty well. Like, I wasn't madly in love with it, but I was surprised in a good way. I thought it was beautifully shot. I liked the acting pretty well. I was feeling pretty good about this film until Aaron reminded me of some of the loose ends that weren't fully wrapped up. Or maybe they weren't loose ends so much as vague dialogue, like sometimes things were said, but it wasn't like very clear what was meant by them. There was a lot of like insinuation that we were meant to guess at. And I don't know. I, th I think it was like a little much. Cause I, I don't know, but I did like it. I don't know if it has a lot of rewatchability to it. Not that a really good movie needs that, but that does sort of factor in sometimes. I don't know if I would watch this again, though. The end was kind of cute. I would give <laughs> this... <laughs> I would... Gosh. You threw me for a loop a little bit because I my my rating sort of lowered slightly after yours. I'm just going to go with what feels right. So I'm going to say... A 7.5 Nazi punks, Nazi punks, Nazi punks, fuck off. I like that one. That's my rating. <laughs> and off to Miguel. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just start with the rating. Yeah, I was going to say 7.5 too. Yeah. Or a light 8. One of those 7.5. Somewhere in there in the middle. 7.6 maybe. Uh, Yeah, I liked it. I remember when it came out, it was pretty big. The violence is pretty gruesome. It's very realistic. <laughs> that, yeah. Ouch. That uh, hand chopped off, half chopped meat stuff is pretty crazy. It looks so crazy. I think it's pretty enjoyable once you can, you know, it is what it is. It's about, hmm. it's like one location, people trying to kill other people. That's pretty fun. <laughs> if you're into that type of movie. And yeah, Patrick Stewart is a villain with his voice that is immediately recognizable <laughs> in anything he does. I think it's fun. So yeah, 7.5. Uh, what was the name of the band? Ain't Rights? Ain't yeah. Yeah, 7.5 Ain't Rights or Aren't Rights. <laughs> if you're trying to be grammatically correct yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun i like the movie it's fun it's fun the music was actually pretty good 
Yeah. Mm. It's a pretty easy movie to follow, honestly. <laughs> There's people being killed. And it's whatever. And a lot of people die. So that's what it is. So that's that. Bunch of dead Nazis. Yeah. Nazi punks. Nazi punks. Nazi punks. Fuck off. Yeah. And that's that pretty much. For that one. For that A24 movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was directed by Jeremy Salminger. Is his name? Sonier. Sonier. Oh, we're going that way, huh? (laughs) Hi, listeners. Editor Stratton here. Since the gang's been having so much fun with these music-themed episodes, we thought we'd go ahead and round off this month with a little something great from the archive. Rather than a new review next week, tune back into the feed for a rebroadcast of Aaron, Lindsay, and Miguel's recap of 1986's Trick or Treat. It's a really fun movie all about a rocker who comes back from the dead, and it fits perfectly with this month's theme. We're gearing up for spooky season here at Stories to Dismember, and the little break will give us some breathing room to get everything ready for the start of October. I'll be sure to pop in at the end of the rebroadcast to give you the heads up on what to expect the following week, so definitely tune in to find out what we're up to. Okay, back to the gang to close out the episode. Well? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's pretty much that. <laughs> All right. I'm gone. I'm gone now. Get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on, get on now. Get on out of here. Are you yeah, here? Talk too long. My Texans coming out. Yeah. Hey yo. Right, hey, Stratton. Play the music. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Stories to Dismember podcast. Please be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and leave a rating. You can contact us at stories to dismember at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on TikTok at stories to dismember. The music for stories to dismember is provided by Wen Feather and episodes are edited by Stratton Meyer. We can't wait to hang out with you next time. Bye bye. Nazi punks, Nazi punks, Nazi punks, fuck off. <laughs> you shouldn't be walking down the street singing that. Yeah, I like it. it. That's going to be in. like, that when my brain is on autopilot, it's just going to sing that.